Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Good morning, Akuo. My name is Desley Loglu, and it is such an honor to be with you guys again. I am so excited to be joining in on your Inspect Yourself sermon series, where you guys have been considering God's work in all of us so that we can understand our own purposes and our giftings. I love that we are digging deeper into his word to learn more about God and who he is, which will in turn reveal more about ourselves and our purposes and our giftings. Let's start, like we always should, by reading the Word of God. We're going to be in Ephesians 5, 21 through 31. So if you have your Bibles, please pull those out. Out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your respect for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. So, just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church, a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us the church, since we are a part of his body. And this is why a man leaves his father and his mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. On the surface, there's this temptation to get distracted by reading this segment of scripture without considering the context that Paul is writing in. Y'all, we have to consider the context or else we will not be fully understanding or be completely tracking with God. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus. Paul's letters typically had a pattern and went something like this. Grace, I thank God for you. Hold fast to the gospel. For the love of everything holy, stop being stupid. Timothy says hi. This letter to Ephesus was no different. Ephesus was one of the biggest Roman cities at this time. In the ancient world, Ephesus is the epicenter of Roman gods' worship, like the goddess Artemis, who was the goddess of the hunt and fertility. Lots of people, lots of worshiping little g-gods. And then here comes Paul telling everyone about Jesus, about his forgiveness, mercy, grace, and love. Many believed in Jesus, and a community of Christ followers was born. Paul is writing to encourage and inform these new believers 
And specifically, there were these women in the community who believed um, and followed Christ, but who had taken advantage of their newfound freedom in God's grace. And they weren't respecting their husbands by submitting to them. Paul was specifically speaking to this in order to help realign the church in Ephesus back to Christ. Paul's underlying point is that Jewish believers and Gentile believers, which just means anyone who wasn't Jewish, were always God's objective. All of Paul's letters, although speaking to specific needs of the different church plants, was that God always wanted this huge family of restored human beings who would be unified in Jesus, the Messiah. God's goal was always to be with us, his children. And this is still the truth for believers today, you and me. In our specific verses, Paul uses the example of a wife and a husband, a marriage. But the point that Paul is making is about us following Christ's example of living a life, serving and sacrificing for one another. As believers, we're to elevate others above ourselves. And in this segment of scripture, Paul uses a marriage as a metaphor. The wife mimics or is like the church, and husbands mimic or are like Jesus. There's this very cyclical pattern in God's design where when it's done as he has designed it, everything works as it should, and everyone is smoothly taking care of each other. When Jesus spoke to his disciples, he taught them that the greatest in his kingdom would be those who lived to serve others. Mark 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus followed through with what he preached in the ultimate act of love by becoming a slave for us and dying a criminal's death on the cross to save all of us and bring us into his father's family. This is what we are invited into, mutual submission. It is one of the practices that defines Christ followers in our common lives together in the Holy Spirit. I don't want us to get distracted by this specific example that Paul uses here and then fall into our human distortion that places a higher value on males over females because this is not God's design, nor is it at all what he is communicating through Paul? In fact, it is the exact opposite. God's design is for the husband to be like Christ. It is for the husband to sacrificially lay himself down and elevate the wife. And it's for the wife, like the body of believers, to respectfully elevate her husband over herself. It is not for one to be master over the other. God's design was for cohesion, cooperation, for us to be a big family and for us to work together. And in working together, there have to be different jobs and roles, but they are all equally important and necessary to the workings of God's kingdom. It's like the scripture that Humby shared with y'all in, in last week's sermon, Ephesians 5, 2. Walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. All the elevation of others isn't for the other. It has to all be done for God. All those who are around, they will be blessed in our service to God. There are amazing examples throughout the Bible 
of people who followed God's design, and we get to read about them today and see how God's design will work. One story that came to my mind is Ruth and Boaz from the book of Ruth in the Jewish scriptures, otherwise known as the Old Testament. Ruth was the daughter-in-law of a woman named Naomi. Naomi was a Jewish wife and mother whose family had been living in the country of Moab. Because there was a famine in their native land of Bethlehem, which was in Judah, Naomi raised her two sons with her husband in Moab, and as the family grew, both of her sons eventually married Moabite women. Sadly, Naomi's husband and both of her sons died, leaving Naomi and her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, to fend for themselves in a very hostile world. Naomi was sad, of course, and distressed, and she kept urging her daughter-in-laws to go back to their families where they could start their own lives over again and have hope. At first, neither of the ladies wanted to leave their mother-in-law, but after Naomi's insistence, Orpah went ahead and went back to her family. Ruth, however, stayed. She would not leave Naomi's side, and she loyally says in the scriptures, where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. You can find that in Ruth chapter 1, verse 6. The two women made their way back to Naomi's homeland of Bethlehem, and there they settled near Naomi's extended family. Ruth worked hard for her mother-in-law and herself, and soon came to realize that the field that they were picking up, the dropped grain, actually belonged to a relative, Boaz. Boaz had already taken note of how loving and respectful Ruth was to her mother-in-law and just to the people around her, and he took care of Ruth while she gathered grain in the fields. He made sure that she was protected from harm and that she was able to get good quality grain and a good amount of grain as well. And he just showed her favor. Ruth was able to provide for her small family and through cultural guidelines, Boaz was found to be in a position to actually marry Ruth. Boaz could have taken Ruth as his wife right then and there, but he was aware that there was another man in their family lineage that was in a closer position to marry Ruth. Boaz, being a man of honor, made sure to respect this possibility, and he made sure to um, make aware this relative of Ruth and Naomi's situation. The relative ended up declining the offer, didn't want to pursue marriage with Ruth, and he passed the opportunity back to Boaz. A coincidence? Absolutely not. Ruth had also made it known through signs of respect and submission to Boaz that she would offer herself to him in marriage. Boaz and Ruth were able to see God's provision for themselves through the blessing of each other. They submitted themselves to one another. They were married and they're part of Jesus's lineage. They had a son named Obed and he had a son named Jesse and Jesse had a son, maybe you know him, King David. This is a place of honor because Jesus is gonna come from this family tree. That's amazing. Moses and Aaron are another example found in Exodus 3 and 4. God called Moses into a leadership position to set Hebrew people free from slavery in Egypt. Remember, this is when God made all those crazy plagues happen to the Egyptian people because Pharaoh kept breaking his promise to let Moses and the Hebrew people go. This is the same story where God told the Hebrew people to ask the Egyptians for their expensive gold jewelry. Do you remember this? And the Egyptians freely handed their gold over. 
This is also when God parted the Red Sea. That is a big body of water. He made that go in two. Don't let science convince you that some kind of climate factor allowed water to be low at certain points in the Red Sea. God parted it so that the Hebrew people could safely pass through and make the water, he made the water come back on top of the Egyptian soldiers and Pharaoh. This is also, this is my favorite part, God made pillars of, a pillar of smoke to block the sun by day so that his people could walk in comfort and a pillar of fire at night to keep them safe and with light. Before any of that happened though, God called Moses. Moses seemed to be scared. He also had a stutter, a speech impediment, and he didn't think he could lead. He even told God as much. God. God tried to encourage Moses by continuing to invite him to trust him, but still Moses didn't believe God. And he continued to, well, let's not sugarcoat it. Moses was whining. God answered Moses by giving him his brother Aaron, who God knew he said could speak well. God allowed for this brother team to work together, fulfilling God's kingdom work by being counterparts for each other. God gave them the words they spoke to the Hebrew crowd, and the people believed and followed the direction that God was giving through this brother team. Submission, counterparts. Another story that I think of is Simeon and Anna of Asher, where two Jewish believers who are from two different tribes because remember, there are 12 Hebrew tribes total. Luke 2, 22 through 40, tells us their story. Simeon was from the tribe of Judah, and Anna was from the tribe of Asher. And these two tribes, they had been at odds. They'd been fighting for who knows, who could even remember. But these two individuals, Anna and Simeon, they were at the temple in Jerusalem. They were both elderly people at this point, and they had um, devoted their lives to God and all that he was asking them to do. That's why we were finding them praying and fasting in the temple on this day. They were both waiting for the Messiah to come. So out of the hustle and bustle of an average temple day, let me just let you know, the temple is huge. There are people coming in for um, ceremonial cleansings, uh, sacrifices, maybe even to have a safe place to eat lunch. And um, Anna and Simeon, they're following the Lord's promptings, and they approach Joseph, Mary, and a baby, 40-day-old baby Jesus, and they, they've come to consecrate Jesus, right? It was, um, it was known as a Jewish ceremony where you bring your brand-new baby boy, and you need to make a sacrifice for him. Now, here's what I think is so beautiful for some reason. Um, it said that if you were wealthy, you could bring a spotless lamb to sacrifice for your firstborn child, your firstborn boy. But if you were on the poorer end, you would bring two turtle doves or two pigeons. Mary and Joseph, they brought, brought two pigeons without defect to sacrifice for a baby Jesus. And they're here and like a tractor beam, Simeon and Anna can see this is the holy family. They are able to go to them. They proclaim and prophesy and bless Jesus. They did this, unbeknownst to themselves, as a team. They were God's constructed welcome team for Jesus. Regardless of what their two tribe histories were, they were both lovers of God and obedient to his direction. Because of their workings as counterparts, both Simeon and Anna were able to meet, to touch, and to speak blessing over the Messiah himself. 
I can't even imagine what kind of amazement that was and must have been, not just for Mary and Joseph, for Simeon and Anna as well. So we can see these examples of counterparts, two individuals coming together as a team, submitting themselves to each other for the glory of God and for the advancement of God's kingdom. We are all equal. We are all necessary. We are all called to serve side by side with fellow believers. Serving side by side can be a challenge for me, if I'm being honest. I'm a very prideful person, and sometimes I can't, I can want my own way and only my way. But towards the end of COVID, my need and desperation took over my pride. I came to the end of myself. I had known my friend Victoria, but we weren't super close. Maybe more, a more accurate title would be acquaintance. But I really enjoyed seeing her and talking with her whenever our paths tended to cross. One day, I was praying to God about friends. I didn't want surface friends anymore. I wanted to have friends with roots. In my prayers, I was crying out to God, and I felt God prompting me to reach out to my friend Victoria. And he kept repeating, just ask, just ask. So one day, I asked my friend Victoria, hey, I know it's COVID, but would you want to have like a craft night, maybe make some bracelets, like in our yard maybe? Maybe your yard. Um, Victoria was like, uh, ew, no. And I was, I'm just kidding, she didn't really say that. But Victoria was like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. No, thank you. And I was like, okay, cool. But it was something like that. Anyway, she was rightfully resistant a little bit because we were still living in the time of COVID. She was being cautious. It made total sense at the time. But God was still speaking about getting together with Victoria. And I was like, God, wait, what? Are you sure? I'm supposed to just keep asking her after she told me COVID? And he reminded me that um, I had wanted to start reading, reading more. And he was like, look, just invite Victoria to read a book with you. So I told him, okay, um, maybe we can keep each other accountable and encourage one another to keep up our reading and it'll just be like me and her over the phone. So I reached back out to Victoria and I don't know if I thought that she would reject my new offer and that's why I went all out with my book suggestion, which was Pastor Eugene Cho's book, Thou Shalt Not Be a Jerk, A Christian's Guide to Encouraging Politics. I mean, I thought, if jerk didn't turn her away and politics didn't turn her away, oh, it's totally God. This was my first suggestion, um, and this is how I know it was God. The way I remember it, Victoria said yes so quickly. Then she started inviting ladies, like more friends. And by the first meeting, we had this little tribe in her backyard with snacks and bug spray and twinkling lights with laughing and crying and lots of prayers and praises and black-hearted confessions. More ladies have come and joined us. More friendships have been created. Some friendships have been strengthened. Lots of sisterly bonds have been nourished. This community is God's, and that's the only reason it has been flourishing. Victoria and I cannot take any credit for the blessings that Tuesday evenings have been to women who have reached out for this group, us included. But I can see God's invitation to be mutually submitted to co-leading this group with Victoria, to be an active counterpart with her in furthering God's kingdom by making space for any woman to find a safe place to meet on any given Tuesday night. We added some flair by making our space cute 
and providing yummy snacks. Our giftings just so happen to be creating and making things beautiful. Praise be all to God. Also, all the women who listen to this are welcome to come to this group. But my question to you that I would love for us to sit in is, when has or is God asking you to be sacrificial with your time or gifts? Has he been inviting you to join in his kingdom work? Have you been ignoring him? Because maybe you're scared or maybe you're leaning into logic. He has asked you to join in with a, has he asked you to join in with a brother or sister to start something new? I just want to offer you this moment like humby has been doing in this sermon series. Let's just sit and listen to God. He might be telling you something. If this is a new idea for you, man, take this time to ask God these questions. Let him direct you to his answers. Maybe right now you don't even know Jesus as your savior yet, but you like what you're hearing and you want in. You know what? You are wanted. What you may be feeling is God inviting you into a personal relationship with him. And all you have to do is talk to him. We call it praying. You can speak to him from your heart and say something like this. God, I don't know what being a child of yours completely means just yet, but I know that I want to belong to you. I confess that I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. Would you please come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior? I believe that you died and I believe that you rose and you conquered death for me and my sins. Now I am clean before you, God, and I am able to have a relationship with you for eternity. Thank you, God. Amen. Will all of you join me in giving it up for Des? Just thank you so much, Des, for joining us here today. We really appreciate you. If you're watching live online, throw the excited emojis at her. Uh, if you're watching later after the fact on YouTube or Facebook or anything like that, you can just type in a comment or you can just be like driving down the street or whatever you're doing. Just be like, thanks, Des, wherever you are. Just yell it out loud. We'll, we'll be good. Uh, but seriously, thank you, Des, for your message today. We love and appreciate you. Now, before we go, there are a couple of things that I do want to keep you up to date on. The first thing I want to talk about is what we talk about every single week. It's community groups. And we talk about it because they're so important in what we do here at Akuo. Sundays are just for inspiring you to do something throughout the week. Community groups is where you can actually have life change. It's in these people, it's in these communities where you are in community with one another, and that's where you can also be in community with Jesus. So one of the groups I want to put a spotlight on is one that we heard a little bit about today. It's the Ladies Book Club. It's the one that Des is the co-leader of. They meet every single Tuesday at 7.30. And as she said, every lady is welcome to go and hang out and be a part of this very special group. Now, if you're interested in joining this group, you can go to akuo.church community to get signed up. Now, this might not be the group for you. You might not be a lady, but we have other ones that will fit you and your life. And you can see all the groups that we currently have available here at Akuo Church by going to our website, that same site, that same page, akuo.church community. Now guys, I say this all the time because it's true. Joining one of these groups might be the best thing that you do here at Akuo outside of meeting Jesus and getting a chance to talk to him. That's what we want you guys to be doing. Now, the next thing I want to talk about 
is an event that is near and dear to my heart, really because it was the first thing that we ever did. It was the first time we ever got together in any way, shape, or form. It's the Trunk or Treat. This is gonna be the, our third annual Trunk or Treat, and it's gonna be happening Saturday, October the 29th, from three to 6 p.m. in the parking lot outside of the church. And guys, we would love for y'all to be a part of this. We're gonna have candy. We're gonna be handing out candy. We're gonna have a food truck out there. We're gonna have music. Abel said that he's gonna like break dance for you guys or, or something like that. He's got it on lock. And we would love for you to be a part of that. You can also help out with this by getting a car, having one of the trunks ready to go and handing out candy. You could help us by setting things up and tearing them down. Or you could donate some candy or put some money towards the supplies that we will need for this event. To sign up for any of these, you can go to our website or scan the QR code that we have on the screen right now, or you can go online to akuo.church slash sign up. Now, if you are looking to drop off candy, we will be collecting it on October the 16th, not very far away. So be sure and be on top of that. We cannot wait to link to our community for this event alongside all of you. It's the best. Now, in addition to being able to spend some time making that event happen, you can also help by giving your time to one of our A-teams. You could be a part of our worship or our production A-team, and you can help by, you, you can play an instrument, you can sing, you can push some buttons in the back, you could serve on our Cool Kids A-team, or you could be a part of the Hospitality A-team. If you're interested in being a part of any of these, you can go and scan the QR code that we have on the screen right now, or you can go to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you get there, click on the A-team sign-up link under the Get Involved menu. That's the way you can go and do that. Now, the next thing I'd like to do is talk about all the ways that we can be sacrificially generous here at Akuo. Some of you might uh, look to, to send, spend some time. Some of y'all might spend resources. Some of you might do both. I don't care how you're doing it. What I want for you to do is to be listening to God to see how much he wants you to be giving. And, and what amount and, and what time and all those things. Now, if you aren't sure where to start when it comes to your finances or your resources, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here to Kuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. This could be where you start. Now, sacrificial giving might not be the thing for you right now. It might not be a possibility for you right now. We understand that things might be really tough for you, the economy is going crazy. Gas prices are going up and down and all around. Uh, prices for food are going nuts. Like everything has gotten way more expensive. And I understand that your uh, budget might have gotten a little bit tighter right now. So if you need some help, if you need someone to be linked to you right now, we would love to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs help, please let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send us an email at help at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and then follow the instructions that are there. We also have our text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you wanna to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't wanna give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to give through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to us at AKUO at PO box 100, 125, 
San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, that's all the time that we have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you. Our Akuo team loves and appreciates all of you, and we will be praying for you all week long. Now, before we leave right now, let me just pray over you one last time. Uh, Jesus, I just ask that as, as these people turn off their phones and uh, their TVs and, and put away their tablets or whatever it is that they are listening to uh, me on right now, I pray that you would be with them and I pray that you'd be speaking to them. I pray that as they go throughout their week that they would remember the way that the example that you gave to us, the example of sacrifice, a pleasing aroma to you was your life to the Lord, Lord. And we ask that you would encourage every single person listening right now to be following that example of sacrifice and submission. We thank you for everything, Jesus, and we love you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you this week. We will see you at a community group over the next couple of days. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.